your girl was dropping the ball. I wasn't keeping up with that stuff at all. And I had to finally acknowledge that I needed. You're listening to Building a Beauty Business, a show that explores how your favorite beauty pros started, scaled, and grew their business. We ask the questions you've been dying to get the answers to so that you too can start, scale, and grow your beauty business. I'm your host, Frida Brown. Let's get started. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Building a Beauty Business. I am so excited to talk to you guys today. I feel like I always lead with that. But I'm so excited. But believe it or not, I really am. I'm not just saying it. I'm not doing it for the gram. I'm not just saying it for the podcast. I really am excited to talk to you because the ideas that come to me and the things that I want to share are genuinely placed on my heart. And they are things that I wish someone was sharing with me when I was in the earlier stages of my business. So without further ado, let's jump into today's topic. Today, I want to talk about why your business is not thriving. Yep, I said it. Maybe maybe you think it is, but I promise you from personal experience, there are some things you could be doing differently or just doing period that would support your business. So if you're not already doing these things, listen up because as usual, your girl has tips. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that I have been licensed since 2009 and I've been doing hair full time. My only job, not a side hustle. I've been a full time hairstylist, meaning all of my income has come from doing hair since 2009. And as of the date of this recording, it is May of 2023. So your girl has a couple years under her belt, a little bit of experience, right? A little bit of real world experience that has helped me get to where I am. And when I think back on the earlier years of my business, I wouldn't say that I wasn't thriving because I was always moving forward. I was always putting one foot in front of the other. But when I look back, I realized there are some things that in hindsight, maybe had I done them earlier, I would be further along. Now, I'm also a believer of everything happens when it is supposed to happen. But in hindsight, everything is 2020, right? So one of the things that I was thinking about, something that I didn't do until many, many, many years into my business was ask for help. I think that I waited a little bit longer than I probably should have to ask for help. What do I mean by that? So I was a solopreneur in the sense that it was just me in a salon suite doing hair. And I was busy, right? Like I was consistently booking clients. People were pretty busy. People were consistently booking with me. People weren't busy. I was busy. And people were consistently booking and sitting in my chair. And that's a good thing, right? That's, those are the kind of problems you want to have. But what I started to realize was I couldn't do everybody's hair. I couldn't. I started saying things to people like, I'm not taking any new guests. Do you know what the equivalent is 
of the statement, I'm not taking any new guests, you are basically saying, I don't want to make any more money. I have decided that what I am making is all I can make and all I will make. And so therefore, I have reached my limit of income. Think about that. You've basically placed an arbitrary cap on your income because you've gotten so busy with the guests that you are seeing that you can't see anymore. Who does that? Who does that? I am not a major retailer. I'm not a major shoe company. But what I do know is I have never walked into a shoe store or a grocery store and heard them say, we are seeing as many customers as we can see. We are going to lock our doors and not see any more customers. We are not going to sell any more shoes because we have maxed out at the number of shoes that we can sell. That's crazy. I know companies have back orders, but it's still a back order, which means you are still going to get your things. You're just not going to get them as quickly as you would like. But to flat out say, I'm not even going to open the doors to any more people, that's crazy. And that is where I was. And I know for a fact, because I just spoke with a stylist about this, that that is where other stylists are. That is when you need to ask for help. And when I say ask for help, what I mean is it's time for you to hire some people. It is time for you to bring somebody on board or somebody's on board and train them in the way that you want the services offered. And please don't tell me that nobody could do it the way you do. While I respect the fact that you are unique and you are an individual, sis, there is somebody on this green earth who can do the job almost as well as you can. And that really has to be good enough. Bring on some help. We have got to stop trying to be super women, super men, super humans, and believing that we are the only ones that can do the job correctly. Are we the only ones that will do the job the way we will do the job? Yeah, because you're doing it. But we are not the only ones that can do the job well. You bring on somebody and you train them accordingly, they can do a good job. And now you have two wins. You have now scaled your business because you've bought on more help. And you have also now created an opportunity for somebody else to be booked and busy, for somebody else to make really good money. That's why I am in this. Because I can make good money, but so can you. I say to my team all the time, I want us all to eat. Right? Like I don't want it to just be, I'm the only one making decent money. I want everybody else to make decent money. I want everybody who's a part of this to make decent money. So when you are asking for help, AKA hiring someone, you're creating a greater opportunity for your business, but you're also creating a greater opportunity for someone else. And so now when I refer someone to you, your response isn't, I'm not seeing any more guests. Your response is, You can either book with me in a few weeks or a few months, or, because I'm all about giving you options, you can book with my new stylist, who's amazing, and she does great cuts, and she does great extensions, and she does great lock maintenance. Whatever your specialty is, you've trained that person enough that you can now refer people to someone else in your salon, right? And so you're winning, and they're winning. We got to start asking for help. We can't just be out here acting like, We can do it all by ourselves because the reality is we can't. 
And that is where adding employees comes in. And while we are on the subject of adding employees, even, even if you decide, which I think you should, even if you decide that you're not adding another stylist or another barber, at a minimum, if you're telling clients that you are booked and busy, you're not seeing any more guests, then that means there also is probably some administrative stuff that needs to be taken care of. Who's booking the clients? Who's rescheduling the clients? Where's your virtual assistant? Why don't you have a VA? You, listen to me. I remember when I was trying to keep up with everything in my head, all the details, all the dates, all the deadlines, all the appointments, all the rescheduling, all the email blasts, all the newsletters. I wasn't. Your girl was dropping the ball. I wasn't keeping up with that stuff at all. And I had to finally acknowledge that I needed help. I needed somebody who could be in the details because I'm not a details person. I am not a details person. I don't want to be in the details. And I finally matured enough to acknowledge that not only am I not a details person, but I also don't want to be in the details. So it was integral. It was paramount to my business that I hire somebody, that I get the help I needed from somebody who could be in the details, somebody that could step away and step back from the business and look at it through the lens of, you need more help with your newsletters. You need more help with consistency. Let me be that help. Let somebody come on board to support you in an administrative capacity. It will change the game for how you do business. If I decide that I am hiring someone now, I reach out to my VA and bless her heart, shout out to Candace. She coordinates all of it. And guess what? Even Candace has support. It's not just her. Again, out here trying to do everything by yourself, for yourself, that is where overwhelm sets in. I am speaking from firsthand experience. You are going to need some support and that support coming in the form of a virtual assistant can be a game changer for your business. If I decide that I want to do a newsletter, I can reach out to my VA for some ideas. If I decide that I want to completely redo my employee handbook, I can reach out to my VA to support me with that. Help is going to be the thing that allows your business to thrive. Next up your systems. Let me, I'm going to tell you guys a story. So many, many years ago, my salon was cash only. We only took cash and it made sense. And if you're listening to this and you are a cash only business, it may make sense for you. But the problem that I started running into was I wasn't making my deposits on a regular basis and so I'd be driving home with all this money, then I'd have to go to the ATM machine or even go inside the bank. And I mean, inside the bank, who, who goes inside the bank anymore? I don't, it, it just seems so old school to me to be going inside of a bank and going to a teller, but that's what I was doing. It was a lot. It was a lot to remember. It was a lot to keep up with. I didn't always have change. 
So I'd have to remember to go to the bank to get change. I'd have to get a lot of change because who wants to keep going to the bank? There happened to be a branch of a bank downstairs from my initial salon. So I could, I did have the convenience of going down there often, but who wants to do that? That's one more thing I have to do. Remember, I just told you I was booked and busy. I just told you I didn't barely have any help. Now I'm also making bank runs to get change. So I was always taking cash. And I finally got to the point, I can't remember what year it was, but I had to accept, you need to take credit. You need to be able to accept credit. And so it just so happens that this guy comes into the salon and he, this is before Square and all of these really cool, nifty, easy point of sale machines. This is before that. So he comes in and this is when credit card companies still had these reps, right? And they actually had the machine and you bought the machine from them and this whole process. So he comes in and he begins to give me his speech. And I think because I knew I needed it, I went ahead and I pulled the trigger and I was like, bet, let's do it. I was ready to sign the contract. I was ready to buy the machine and sign the contract. But something in my gut was just like, are you sure you want to do this, Frida? I wasn't sure. But I signed the contract anyway, because I really, at that point, I should have been accepting credit long before. So by the time he came in, I was so ready that I basically jumped at the first opportunity to accept credit cards. So I buy his little machine and sign the paperwork and he leaves. Now in the fine print, it said that I had either 24 or 48 hours to cancel, right? To not move forward with the transaction. And if the fine prints had 48 hours within that window of time, I reached out to say, you know what? I don't think I want to do this. Go ahead and cancel it. Let's stop it. I, I just need some more time to think. I'm not so sure that this is the direction that I want to go in. Not the direction of accepting credit cards, more specifically the direction of working with his organization. So he calls me back and not lying when I tell you all, this man read me for filth. He cussed me out I, to the point that I was in tears. He told me that I was a bad business person and you can't do that and they're going to move forward anyway. You want to talk about predatory situations, predatory lending. This wasn't lending, but it felt very predatory. It felt very much like I'm going to force you to work with me and you don't have a choice. I was freaking out. We were on the phone yelling. He hung up on me. And then when he finally did agree to give me my check back and, and my paperwork and to cancel everything, he kept saying he was going to show up. He never showed up. It became this whole thing. It was so weird. It was so uncomfortable. I called the company directly. They were playing games with my check. They weren't trying to cancel the transaction, even though the fine print said that I had 48 hours to cancel this transaction and to decide that I didn't want to do it. So I ended up having to, because they cashed the check. They ended up cashing the check. I called the bank. I had to put a stop payment on the check so that it wouldn't go through fully. Then I had to send all these documents to the bank with all the fine print showing that I was not making this up, that I really was in a position where I could cancel this deal. They just weren't letting me. It became a whole thing. I learned so much from, first of all, I learned to trust myself, right? And if self is telling me, don't do it, then don't do it. That's a whole nother episode, trusting yourself. But I had to learn to trust myself. I wasn't supposed to do it. And I shouldn't have been so hasty in my decision-making. But I knew it was time for my business to grow in the direction of accepting credit. 
and I thought that that was the best person to do it with. I was wrong. So anyway, the deal ends up getting canceled. I don't know if it was a few weeks or a few months later, but this is when Square, you started to see it everywhere. I think I was in Starbucks and they were, they were selling the little Square card readers. Ended up getting a Square card reader and Square was the first company that I accepted credit and debit with. I had no issues with Square. It was great. But here, here's the point of this. There are two points. First one being trust your gut. When your gut is telling you don't move forward and do business with someone, you better trust it. You better listen. And the second one is, don't be afraid to let your business grow. And when it's time, listen to that and honor that. It was time for me to start accepting credit. And for some reason, I just kept trying to ignore the voice in my head that was saying, it is time for you to accept credit. You are a real business. You are not just some random hot dog stand on the corner and all you take is cash. You are a real business. You need a real point of sale. Accepting Square, accepting credit via Square was the first step in that direction for me. Also, if you want to know, the gentleman who sold me the card reader that I had this whole situation with, he ended up being a parent in one of my son's Taekwondo classes. I never forget a face. I walk in one day and he's in there and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, this man looks so familiar. And I was sitting there with my husband and I was like, I remember where I know him from. That's the jerk. They yelled at me and cursed me out because I decided I didn't want to do business with him. So one day he goes to speak to my husband. He went to shake his hand. I think he was introducing himself because as luck would have it, our boys bonded in Taekwondo. They really hit it off. So naturally you talk to the parents of the kids for whom your, your kids are hitting it off with. So he goes to shake my husband's hand. My husband just ignores him. He just walks away. I don't even think we ever told him why. One day I was going to say it. I don't think I did, but I did say to him one day, I said, did you used to sell credit card processing machines? And he said, yeah, I did. And I was like, okay. And that was it. Never said anything. One day I said I was going to confront him, but at this point he's out of my life. Who cares? He's dead to me. He's, I don't need to talk to him. But anyway, I digress. It was time for me to accept credit. It was time for me to do the research and find a company, find a reputable company where I could accept credit. And that also will grow my business. Here's why. Because it has been shown that when people pay with credit, they are more likely to tip and pay a higher tip than with cash. People are only going to tip what they have in cash, assuming they are going to tip. But when it comes to credit and debit, people are more likely to tip a higher percentage because they are technically, or at least they think they are, working with someone else's money. Now, that's not that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be tipping you all willy-nilly. But research shows that people tend to tip higher when they're paying with credit, which therefore is also increasing your revenue. Again, remember I said in the beginning, this is why your business is not thriving. And that would be because of cash. Cash puts a limit on you. People are only going to carry around so much cash. And nowadays, I feel like people really don't carry as much cash as they used to. All right. So we talked about that. Get yourself a point of sale. Start taking credit. The last thing I want to say for why your business is not thriving is because you are talking to the wrong 
people. You are listening to the wrong people. You have to surround yourself with people who are on your level or higher. There is no benefit to me to sit around with people who are not entrepreneurs, who are not small business owners, who are not trying to scale their business, who don't even have a business. And I'm not against a little kiki conversation with a girlfriend, right? Because not all of my friends are entrepreneurs. So let me say that. I'm not saying like kick all your friends or kick all your homegirls to the side and get you a crew of all entrepreneurs. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is you better have both. I have my good girlfriends from way back when, and I love them dearly, but they are not entrepreneurs. And so while sometimes they may genuinely come to the table with some great ideas, I'm really not looking for that from them because that's just not their lane. That's not their zone of genius. So what I do is I put myself in the room with other entrepreneurs. I find community with other entrepreneurs, other beauty professionals who are trying to grow their business. Talking to the wrong people will get you the wrong information. When I'm talking to the right people, they can share strategies and tips and tricks of the things that they have done. Even if it's just a recommendation for a great book on how to be a better leader, that is what I am getting from talking to the right people. Talking to the wrong people, the ideas that I have gotten sometimes from people who are not small business owners, the questions, the opinions, I'm wise enough to know, sis, friend, that doesn't make sense. That does not make sense. So I'm less inclined to even share some business things with people who are not in the business, in the entrepreneurial space, because I already know they just might not get it. Now, there are some exceptions to that. My brother is an HR professional. HR, not my zone of genius. It's not where I excel. So even though he is not a small business owner, he's not an entrepreneur, he is an excellent HR professional. So I would put him in the category of the right people to talk to. Because if I am having some experiences around dealing with personnel, I can speak to him in that regard because that is what he does. That is his zone of excellence. That's where he does his best work. So I can talk to him about that and he can lend me some ideas and give me some feedback on how to be a better leader because I don't have an entire HR department. Actually, low key, I consider my brother my HR department. He's just not on the payroll. Again, this is also where my virtual assistant comes in because she also has experience working with personnel, hiring personnel, firing personnel. These are all the things that I have done and I continue to do that took my business from not thriving to thriving. Every week, I am gonna share tips and tricks with you guys that are taking your business to the next level. And what's interesting is, although I am a beauty professional, I feel like a lot of these things really don't just apply to beauty professionals. So if you happen to be listening to the podcast and you're not in the beauty space, know that many of the things I share apply to you as well. I'm building a beauty business, but more than that, I'm also building a business. Guys, as usual, it was such a joy talking to you and sharing with you. I want to stay connected. You know where to find me. Please, if you have questions, if you have comments, let us know. Let's stay connected. And I'll see you next time. Don't forget to rate 
and subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to leave a five-star review and let us know what you think. We want to hear your stories. You can find us on social media at Building a Beauty Business. You can also find me at It's Frida Brown. We'll see you next time.